Get going. We're live. Welcome to the Depth Chop Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Dale Saltwater out of Louisville. Uh, Dale, how are you doing, sir? Uh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, and I'm actually I'm in southern Indiana today. It's, it's weird. Oh, wow. Being Yeah, like I've got Pacer stuff around me. Hoosiers. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Icky. Are you, are you at the station? Um, yeah, I'm at, I'm at a radio station, so... Uh, Little different uh, setting, but uh, excited because there's big football news happening, Freddie. It, it didn't even there take 10, 11, 12 days uh, for the season to end, and we've just got huge news breaking left, right, and really changing the makeup of the 2021 Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, our projections, you know, any projections for the depth chart uh, for Kentucky is, is we just have to put those off because – you know, changes are coming left and right. Uh, the big addition being Wandale Robinson announced uh, first that he was in a transfer portal. Second, that he is going to be a Kentucky Wildcat. Ooh. Nick, his, uh, his his career took a little detour to Lincoln, Nebraska, but uh, now he's back where he belongs at UK. And, and I think first and foremost, his relationship with, with uh, Vince Merrill uh, had to be a deciding factor uh, with his choice of Kentucky because if you'll remember when he flipped to Nebraska, Vince sent that uh, very nice ta- uh, tweet out congratulating uh, Wandale and, and those two just have a fantastic relationship. But, uh, you know, keeping Darian Kennard in Lexington for another year and, and, and getting Wandale Robinson to come home to Kentucky are, are two of the bigger uh, non-signing day recruiting stories for Kentucky going into 2021. Leon Cohen is going to get a, a dynamic playmaker, an explosive player, a, a chunk play waiting to happen in Wandell. And uh, it's not beyond measure to think that Kentucky uh, could have its second Paul Horning Award winner with Wandell Robinson following the footsteps of Lynn Bowden if he does what I think he can do. And, and what I think he can do is, is absolutely everything. Uh, he is a plug-and-play starter at slot receiver. Uh, he is a – finally, Kentucky will will have some excitement in the return game, something mm-hmm. that's yeah. been missing since Lynn Bowden left. So uh, – and then and, and you can use him in every every aspect of the game. Uh, he, he was a running back and receiver at Nebraska. I could see him playing a Wildcat quarterback situation with, that, with the threat of a throw and a run, uh, and then have him on jet sweeps, have him in a slot, a Cooper Cup-type player, uh, you know, f- for uh, for Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood. I-, I think this is a tremendous get for Kentucky, and, uh, you know, it kind of makes up for the loss of Jamin Davis, something that we've not been able to talk about. Uh, you know, losing Jamin uh, puts a hole in that defense. You know, if, if Jamin Davis would-, would have come back, I mean, things would have, would have been really, really positive going into 2021. But I'm happy for Jamin. Mm-hmm. He made his decision, and I hope the very best for him. But uh, that's a position that Kentucky's going to have to fill either through the transfer wires or, or through developing uh, players that's on campus now. I, uh, I really – the part that I think you hit the nail on the head uh, in particular – of all the things that Juan Dale can do, because he can do a lot of them, one thing we know he's going to be great at is returning kicks. And right. that's at least one box you can check because he can do so much. And I'm just I'm just curious to see what he can do in this 
this this new offense that uh, Liam Cohen's bringing to the table because uh, I, I if you ask the football junkies, they would all tell you that Robinson was misusing Scott Frost's offense at Nebraska. <laughs> all of them would. Uh, and it's kind of a square peg round hole situation where if you can't figure out how to get him the ball in receiving, then we're just going to put him at running back. I mean, yeah. not to say that he can't run the ball, but that's not where he's at his best. He's a good – kind of like Lynn, Freddie, his side-to-side -side and his agility, his ability just to make people miss – and then yeah. explode out of those cuts. That's where Wandale is on a different level, and that's what makes him an exciting slot receiver. And that's why you'll see him out of the slot in, in Josh Ali as like a Z um, kind of flanker receiver because he's just so much better going side to side and making people people miss in space in the middle of the field. Where it can be difficult to operate, and that's but that's where he's at his best. And uh, I, I'm I'm excited because uh, I I think it was. Uh, you know, the, the one thing about Cohen that I like is he's like, you know, he's comparing Josh Ali to Robert Woods and stuff on Twitter, you know, like, yeah, he's, he's getting, he's, he's really hyping us up for, uh, for what it could be in that offense. But I, I do think slot play is incredibly important slot play and tight end play in Kentucky. Yeah. They're woven up on difference makers at both position for next year. And as much as Vince Merrill's relationship played a significant role in this, I think you've got to say too that the changes on offense played a significant role in this as well oh absolutely uh, absolutely robinson said he wanted to play in an offense that's going to prepare him for the nfl and i think uh kentucky is a perfect fit for that with Ian cohen bringing that system down from the rams uh you know it's a perfect fit i got to meet one day when he was a sophomore in high school um i was asked to speak to the western hills team i got there a little bit early and, and watched practice uh you know it was, it was hot during camp, so I sat in the car in the AC, of course. Look at this, and I kept noticing this one player that was first in the sprints that ran through the end zone through offensive uh, drills and, and was the hardest working player on the team. And I was thinking, man, this kid's got it. I mean, he he, he knows how to practice. Uh, plus, I mean, his talent was obvious. After after the practice, I got to I spoke to the team and I brought Wandell up. Uh, to stand beside of me, and I told the team, I said, if you all, if if you, if you want to win, you'll you'll practice like this guy. This guy is your example, and I singled him out for for his hard work. And, and then I told I told Wondell, and he was what a 15 year old sophomore. I said, I'll see you in the SEC one day, and uh, that come to fruition with him coming to Kentucky. And uh, you know, it, it's fantastic news because Kentucky desperately, desperately needed help at the receiver position. Uh, you know, something yeah, that, yeah. you know, the Cats averaged 5.5 yards per, per pass attempt. And, and one day I'll automatically will raise that. Kentucky was dead last in the SEC with what, 122 pass yards per game. Wondell uh, automatically and instantly changes that. So he's a game changer for Kentucky. I will go as far as to say that signing Wondell will add one win to the win-loss total. And, uh, and and that's how much I project him to be a difference maker at Kentucky. And, Freddie, what's kind of sad, so pretty sure I remember whenever you I, – I remember when that story happened, and it doesn't feel that long ago, but it was like five years ago. <laughs> I know, I know. I still – because I remember you being like, man, this got Western Hills. Western Hills? Come on, really, Freddie? Western Hills? And 
Well, you were right. <laughs> you, you, yeah. were, you, were, you were right about that. It's, it's weird how some of these things work out. I know I'm wrong on a few, but I'm right on a few. But with Wondell, I mean, it was it was it was a no brainer to me. Uh, and I got to know him a little bit through, through you know, talking to his team. And when he signed with Nebraska, I, you know, I, I think Kentucky, this is a great case study that that when when a player does not choose University of Kentucky and goes elsewhere, you know, it's, it's not the right thing to do is, is to give that player a hard time. Because now we see Wandell returning back to Kentucky, and, and that's something to to keep in mind. But but I was concerned for Wandell the person going to Nebraska because Lincoln is so far from Frankfurt, you know. And what if things did not go as planned? As Scott Frost sold Wandell in the recruiting process, and they didn't. Nebraska went eight and twelve during his stay, and it was it's, it's just not a good situation out there. Uh, Frost has not been the savior of that program that that people thought. Uh, Wandale's yet to play in a bowl game, uh, you know, in two years. So uh, it, it's it's a good finish. Uh, it's a good finish to a start for Robinson to be back at Kentucky because, I mean, Kentucky desperately needed him. And I'm happy for Wandale, the person that now his family can just drive 20, 30 minutes down the road and watch him play at Kroger Field because uh, that's important. Uh, I also think most likely uh, Wandale will be at Kentucky for one year and then enter the draft. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's perfectly okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Kentucky fans will welcome him with open arms and show appreciation and, and the love for him that they've had this entire time. And it's good to get him back on campus. They're, uh, the, especially when it comes to like kids making decisions. Uh, I know that in this world, it, of covering football recruiting and everything it can really uh take the humanity aspect out of it but like you know we all make decisions when we're 18 years old that are pretty yeah. dumb uh m- especially like man I, I i can't imagine being in his shoes at the time he did what he thought was best for him um and you know what i'm sure a lot of it too freddie is I, I remember just wanting to get away, you know, and maybe that, that was part of it too. You don't know, uh, the, the, there's girlfriend, there's family, like there can be so many different factors, um, that lead kids to make the decision, but you shouldn't uh, hold it against them. And Kentucky did no, it. They handled it like an, like adults, uh, yeah. and said, you know what, well, best of luck to you, but we'll be here for you if you want to come back and you know what, he's, he's ready to come back to his old Kentucky home. So, uh, even though he won't have the, the lengthy uh, career that we envisioned back in 2018, uh, you can still really help this team uh, this fall. And I mean, Freddie, you want to talk about, I mean, how many times have you mentioned the worst passing offense in power five football? I mean, the stats could just be, it'll, it'll be a fun ESPN graphic in October showing the past offense of the past two years, and then it's exponential rise in 2021. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Nick. I mean, I think you nailed it there. Uh, it could not get much worse for Kentucky in a passing game. And, uh, and you know, the bar is set pretty low. So uh, I think Lee Cohen uh, automatically brings that up. Uh, but, but you know, with one, Kentucky's been that way with, with more players than just Wondell Robinson. Think about the relationship that Stoops and staff has with uh, Jedrick Wills that went mm-hmm. to Alabama. Uh, classy with those Walker Park 
Sparks at Clemson. You know, wish him nothing but the best. So, I mean, Xavier Peters. This you is know, Kentucky. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 it, it's good to see that in, in the cutthroat business of college football. Uh, Nick, I had a friend send some questions in. If you want to talk about those real quick. Oh yeah, I'd be happy to. Wait, can I? Uh, can I can I get a couple grievances off my chest real quick about oh, the absolutely. national championship game? I mean, all right, here's the thing, Freddie. <laughs> we are not like I, I would say we know a good amount of football. We're not coaches. Yeah. Right. And I think even the brightest minds in college football would have a difficult time scheming up against the Alabama offense. Yes. Would we put a middle linebacker on Devontae <laughs> Smith? No. No, we, I, I mean what? when they sent him whoever they sent in motion they were going to throw the ball to how did they not figure that out after like two plays it was oh my <laughs> god freddie it was so aggravating and they're playing it's like a, you got a, a safety nine yards down the line of scrimmage on uh yeah. second and goal from the six and you expect him to guard Devontae smith no he's gonna catch in the flight and run in the end zone it's just the stuff that they did was just so mind-numbingly stupid that yeah. I, I, I could I could not believe it. Like I knew Alabama was the best football team in college football, but I just I uh, I could not believe how stupid some of the stuff Ohio State defensively did last night. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like Devontae Smith was a secret. He, you know, he just won the Heisman <laughs> and just about every other award in college football. Oh my god! And, and and the fact that Alabama did not, or I'm sorry, Ohio State did not bracket coverage him until later in the game or right before halftime is actually right before halftime. Yeah. Cause I he didn't even play with, in the second half. Yeah. I watched the game with, with Ryan Lemon and Dante key and, you know, Dante played linebacker, at Kentucky. He's a defensive coach and understands the game at an extremely high level. And we're, we're looking at each other. Like, is it a surprise that Devonte Smith is playing? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. You know, but, but you know, that whole game, Nick, I, I, I was in the camp. I did not think that Ohio State deserved to be in the playoff. Mm -hmm. uh, with, and and I, I was not overly thrilled with the Big Ten changing a couple rules just to get them into the playoff. So, uh, you know, it was, good for, it was good for the Buckeyes to, to feel like everybody else feels when they play Alabama. It, it's not fun. And, 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 listen, the Big Ten couldn't change any more rules. You know, it was like it, it reminded me. That game reminded me of the movie Friday. You ever seen the movie Friday? Oh, love the movie Friday. You know when the dad drives the dude to get his bike from Debo. Yeah. So the dad is the Big Ten. The dude that got punched is Ohio State. You you can bring them to the fight, but you can't fight for them. And, and they got not and Debo knocked them out. So <laughs> uh, that's my description of the championship game. Uh, Texas A and M. Just as we look back deserve to be in uh, you know I, I think it was Alabama and everybody else uh, I, I think Ohio State was a really good team mm -hmm. I think well, Notre Dame was a good team and I think Clemson was a really good team but Alabama I'm not so sure that what I saw in a national championship game that Alabama is not the best team that I've ever watched play college football in it which is wild that we're saying this right after the LSU year um, yeah because yeah. It's, it's just crazy that uh, Smith was the second option to Waddle, and he wins the Heisman. You know, like yeah. that's how that's how crazy good they were this year. And Absolutely. the the thing too is like Ohio State was only in that conversation because when they got elite play from Justin Fields, 
And my God, Freddie, the inconsistency. He goes from not being able to hit water when he falls out of a boat to dropping dimes in an instant. Yeah. It's incredible how good he was against Clemson to how bad he was in that first half. And then in the second half, he actually like made some throws. And you're like, dude, where where has this been, man? He that that play that Garrett Wilson had on Patrick Sartan, like that was the perfect release. And I yeah. like that doesn't that happens very rarely against that cornerback. One of the did he win defensive player of the year in the SEC? I'm not for sure, but he, he, he might was, have, but he, he was definitely in the conversation. Exactly. So it was a perfect release and Fields just threw it out of bounds. It's like, how is this guy a top five quarterback in the draft? And I, I just don't know how you can go from being so good to so bad. And I, I mean, I guess that's just what you're dealing with with college kids, but I, I was I was hoping that they would at least uh, put up a fight. I was hoping to see any sort of team try to put up a fight with Ohio State. But as Brandon Eccles uh, said this morning when he he like tweeted out a video of Devontae Smith just breaking somebody out, he's like, "Well, at least I'm not the only one he did that to." And you're you're right, <laughs> you're right, Freddie. Yeah. They they, yeah. they did it to everybody. And man, Nick Saban, he's just. He's on another level, and he doesn't he don't look like he's slowing down anytime soon either. No, no. His uh, Alabama's 2021 recruiting class is the highest rated recruiting class in the history of, uh, of classes that are that in the recruiting, you know, the recruiting service cycle. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary what he's done. Uh, he passed Bear Bryant. It's his seventh national championship, sixth at Alabama. And just, you know, man. It, it, what they're building down there is it's next level stuff, man. I didn't realize that Barmore kid, he didn't even play football until he was a senior in high school. He's like yeah, in his he, third year of playing football. Yeah, and he's he's from Philadelphia, just to show you that Alabama, you know, branches out and recruits nationally. Oh goodness. And just – and at, that, at this point, Bama selects instead of recruits. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen the result of that. I'm happy for Mac Jones to get that championship and to play so well in a title game. You know, one, the one-time Kentucky commit, I was very happy to see him play well and, and, and get a ring. Uh, but man, they're, they're and it, they're just they're good, man. They're, I know mean, they're great. That, that was that was a great great football team. And you know me, Nick. I don't use the term great. I I don't think Ohio State was great. Clemson was great. Nor Notre Dame. I thought they were really good, but not great. But Alabama, right? Man, Sark was just messing with people too. Listen, I mean, you know, Dante and I were watching that game, and that that was some wizardry, man. That, that what he that that just goes to show, folks, what a creative offensive mind can do. That what a creative offensive mind ha- can impact a football game. You know, and it's a big change for Alabama. You know, for Nick Saban to evolve into being okay with that offense because before before Kiffin and before Sark Alabama was uh, was pretty basic and just said okay we got better players than you stop us and then it got a little bit unfair with Kiffin and Sark we got better players than you and we're going to be really creative man stop us if you can and nobody stopped them average 48.4 points per game <laughs> LSU last year averaged 48.4 points per game so that just goes to show you uh, the SEC has won 11 of the last 14 national championships. The the thing there was one play in particular where, like, I can just imagine being in that room whenever 
Sark is telling them the game plan where they would run that motion where it, it was almost like an arc. I don't, yeah. I don't know the right word, Freddie, and then fake it and then go back out. Lamar Jackson, they ran that play a couple of times uh, on Sunday where they threw that pass. But there was a play where like, I can just imagine Sark saying, all right, we're going to run this play. And then after we do that once or twice, then the guy uh, Smith's going to fake block and run a slant and just go free down the middle of the field. And yeah. we're going to pick up 20 yards that way. And that's the kind of just like, like, you know, you've got him. And that was, that was exactly what Alabama did last night. It was, man, it was fun to watch that. Like, oh, but also embarrassed. Like I, I kind of, I wanted to feel bad for Ohio state, but you know I what could. those uh, so I, I married into uh, a Buckeye family, and none of them were sad because the Browns won on Sunday. So, yeah, how about that? <laughs> none, none of them were sad because the yeah. Browns. Uh, Freddie, that Browns game it reminded me of what Kentucky did to Tennessee this year. Yeah, I, that was exactly my feeling as well. And uh, you know, I got a friend that's a really, really big Browns fan, and and what refused to relax until the clock hit zeros. Because <laughs> it was the, the same. Yeah. It was exactly like Kentucky, yeah. Tennessee. And, and I totally understood that <laughs> because you know, that is Kentucky, Tennessee. You know, Kentucky's up 35 to 10 or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, God, there's too much time left. You know, and I'm counting possessions, <laughs> managing the clock as far as, you know, the play clock, game clock. So, yeah, I, I totally got it. So. All hey, right, but your 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 Bills won though, so the Steelers this, lost, but your did. Bills are still out. Yeah, so I got one team left in it, and uh, I love watching Josh Allen play the football game. Man, he is he is very good. That, and, that throw that he had, where he like went into a mob of players, he was running and, it. Yeah, <laughs> then he just shot puts it out for shot a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and we saw Mac Jones do that uh, oh. in the championship game. So yeah, I mean, college copies the NFL. So there you go. Man, football. If if nothing else, Freddie, it's just a shame that we've only got like, I don't know, eight or nine more games left, something like that. Yeah. I haven't counted them out, but it's I, I'm happy for all the parties involved who have made this uh, this crazy season happen. Yeah, it's a you know, and, and after the and after the championship game, it's kind of like the day after Christmas. You know, it was yeah. great, but we're it's not like, going to oh, get football for another eight or nine months, and. You know, we'll have we'll have spring practice. We'll have the media days. We'll have certain things that get fired up. But I'm really, really excited for this Kentucky team in 2021 with all the returning parts. Uh, but I got a couple questions, and, and yes. these are 30,000 feet questions. Nick. So you you got to bring your A game because this my friend is a is a football expert. Okay, and wants to know our take on a couple things. You ready? I'm ready. How will some of the incoming freshmen and transfers fit into our system and depth? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, we mentioned where, where it's at its most important is what we mentioned just kind of offhand off the top that Jamie Davis is going pro. Uh, think, I mean, his breakout year was exceeded all expectations. You can't thank him enough for his contributions to this team because – we thought going into the season that Chris Ellis was going to be the all-SEC linebacker. To lose that and still get all-SEC play from the Mike linebacker is incredible. You're not going to be able to find a guy to do that right away. You're just not. But uh, I think Derek Jackson's one of those guys who 
showed a little bit uh, as, as a freshman. He can be valuable there. You're going to look for some transfers out there to plug and play. That's where you need to find a lot of depth. Um, and I, I think that what's kind of nice too, Freddie, is it's almost like you're getting a whole nother – while you're getting incoming freshmen like Jagger Burton, who is certainly going to be like – Having Darian Kennard coming back hurts his chance of getting early playing time, but I don't think it means that necessarily that there's no way he doesn't get in the rotation. But to add to that, the guys that were around here this year already who have a year of experience, it's, they're basically like a recruiting class. Like Joel Williams is a guy who I forgot about, but he was a four-star DB from Louisiana, and he was doing great things during bowl prep week. So that kind of stuff is, is – we're going to – be talking about the big guys like Wandale and whatnot uh, going into the season. But especially, I mean, heck, especially in the secondary, th there's some valuable, valuable uh, guys that we aren't talking about a lot that, that'll play a significant role this fall. Yeah, I'm looking at Jared Casey. Uh, it, it's his time. Yeah. Uh, I, it's his time to, to step into a starting role, most likely, and, and see what he can do. And, you know, he was a highly – Sought after recruit, what four star kid? Mm -hmm. uh, I only got a, a year and where he stayed at one position. He started at edge, yeah, then back to middle. So yeah, so you know he, he and JJ Weaver. I think uh, I think it's their year to to really take off. Uh, but but with the, with the transfers and the incoming players, I, I look at one position group, the one position group that Kentucky struggled at last year. Well, too actually with with quarterback uh, was a receiving core. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the incoming freshmen, how they fit into the system, I think is nice. Uh, with Magwood there at the slot, now not a huge immediate need with with Wandale and Josh Ali. Uh, but look at I, I look at Lewis, I look at Ross, uh, Devontae Ross and Christian Lewis at that outside receiver positions. I, I think they will fit into the system nicely. And 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 with the transfer being uh, being Wandale Robinson, so. Uh, I think I, for me, the incoming freshman, as far as plug and play, will be at, at the receiver position, and yeah. I think that is a much needed uh, addition. You know, I, uh, Luckett did a great job on his projecting the, the depth charts uh, for the offense and defense, but but you know, with the offense, there was an awful lot of familiar names at the receiving roles, and and, and I don't know if that 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 can be. I don't th I don't know if Kentucky could take a next step. Uh, with some uh, familiar names in those depth chart uh, positions. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of incoming freshmen play at receiver. And, and, and the addition of Wondell, like I said, takes the pressure off of some guys at the slot positions. De Decal Kratos now will have time to develop. Mm -hmm. Chauncey Magwood may have a little bit more time to develop. But but I, I, I truly project to see freshmen play at the receiver position. And yep. then Jared Casey at linebacker, I think, is one. Isaiah Cummings, too. There's another one of yeah, those. Like, Isaiah. You, yeah, Isaiah. Uh, like, <laughs> basically him. like getting a, a, a second freshman year. Oh, exactly. And, and, and Isaiah's – this spring practice is very important for Isaiah uh, because the time is now for him to move into a starting role. But he's got to earn it during spring practice, and I think he's going to really – I think he's going to fly. I think he's going to develop nicely uh, in this Cohen system. So all eyes for me, my eyes are going to be on that receiving position and the linebackers because Kentucky is very thin at inside linebacker right now. Uh, DeAndre Square coming back as a multi-year starter and player. Uh, 
Uh, Jared Casey, you, you pretty much can can think that he, he'll be plug and play as a starter there. But, but linebacker is a position that, that gets hurt. I mean, a lot of physical contact with those middle lines. You need depth, and that's something to keep your eyes on going into 2021. Yeah, no, definitely. What what other questions do we got there, Federico? It kind of we we kind of blended right in with that. Is is uh, how thin are we really at, at linebacker? And and <laughs> I look at all four spots. Yeah, it's pretty thin. I mean, the only position. <clears throat> If things stay to chalk, and I don't think they will, I don't think you'll see Jordan Wright and JJ Weaver at the same position. I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to divide them up and put one mm-hmm. at the other side and have those two as your starters. Right. But other than that, at outside linebacker, and you, you're, you're lucky. You as good in, as mine. You, you're lucky you brought in Dingle, the, the yeah. other Dingle to play. So you at least have that as another body. Katie McDaniel is. I mean, he hasn't really played. You know, there's, yeah. there's just a lot of guys who just haven't played much. Uh, Marquez Bimbry, he had 10 tackles against Vandy, but he's just dealing with uh, injuries his whole entire career. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's thin. Well, it's thin, man. I, you know, I, 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 well, Dingle's 285. I mean, I, I kind of see him playing that Josh Pascal role. I, I don't – you know, is, is he going to play – with his hand in the dirt, or is he going to be a, a stand-up outside linebacker? I don't know. Uh, that's going to be something to keep your eyes on. Uh, you know, going into spring practices, where will he play? Will he play a defensive end, or will he play outside linebacker? And, uh, you know, with, with the depth issues at linebacker, that he could very well play there because, again, losing Boogie Watson, you know, that, that obviously that hurts because yep. – uh, of his production, but man, you know, my buddy's dead on it. That linebacker, the, the depth at linebacker is, is a concern mm-hmm. going into 2021 and, and, and a major concern. And I really hadn't thought about it until, uh, you know, the, the, that question was brought up and, and we got into it, but yeah, that's, that's something that uh, will have to be a situation that is developed. If, if, if anybody can develop players, at the college level, it's Brad White and John Summerall. They, yeah, they've yeah. proven it. They've proven it. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I lean on trust in them and developing those players because they've done a really, really good job of doing that. You know, look at Jamin Davis and how he jumped out. Uh, look at Boogie Watson, Josh Allen, of course. I mean, everybody want to talk about him. And then DeAndre Squares developed nicely there at the inside level. So uh, linebacker depth, yes, it, it is a concern. And it is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Other than that, I've still not seen anything on Chris Rodriguez saying he's coming back. Uh, yeah, I haven't either, but I don't. Yeah. I, I guess that's good news. I think it, yeah. I think that's just, yeah. I think that's good news. I don't know. I, Freddie, that's the thing that's so weird is that with the transfer portal, there's no formal recruiting season. It's not like we have like a signing day week or something to look to and like, okay, well, we'll probably get news around this time. The transfer portal is just anarchy. It's just, it is. it's a freaking free for all. So like, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, we don't know. And and honestly, to be frank, I'm kind of shocked. We haven't seen more UK guys in the portal yet. Um, I, I, I totally get that, Nick. And, and I agree. I thought that we would see more 
players exit than we've seen to this point. And uh, maybe, maybe, you know, so what school starts next week, maybe we'll see it. See, I think I got my calendar off. I think I assumed it started this week when, if it's next week, then I, I get it. Like, yeah, you, you yeah. wait until the semester gets going. Um, yeah. I, I can see some players leaving but, this. The, yeah. Uh, transferring elsewhere and that's perfectly okay. It's within their right and totally support that. So yeah, best of luck uh, to but, them. Um, but, you know. but, you know, teams that, that take advantage of, of the transfer portal are, are going to have an advantage and look at Florida state eight incoming uh, transfers. I mean, that, that, that's a high number. So I can, I can see now that signing day will change in the future where you're not going to sign a full 25. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to leave maybe five or eight spots open for transfers. I would so this, think that 20 is, is going to be a, a big class, you know, like t- yeah, 20 would be a good kind of average like that that's probably a pretty full class one in years past that's a light class you know yeah uh, yeah and i can see that being uh, being the case is hey we're gonna sign 20 we're gonna sign 18 and we're gonna leave some spots open and uh, see how the portal shakes out and uh you know for kentucky wandell robinson great example i mean Man, did, did the cats ever need him so bad? Yeah. <laughs> He's a freak. And like, that's that's Freddie, enormous, enormous news. And the thing is, too, is like uh, we're going to spend all season talking about it, but you can't coach what Wandale can do. And, no. I mean, the only player comparable is Lynn Bowden, and look at the difference that Lynn Bowden made. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about just being responsible for wins. I mean, that guy – it changed the program. And you, if you looked going into this, so Michael Drennan became, I think, just the fourth four star consensus for or just four star period uh, receiver to sign at Kentucky in the Stoops era. And the other guys didn't play besides Bowden. You need to have guys like that, difference makers that can make plays in space. We, I mean, what could we just watch Alabama do? If you're trying to aspire to be that, you've got to get some of those guys. And Kentucky's been great at recruiting in the trenches and secondary, and they, they've missed out on some receivers. Wandale was a huge miss the first time around. Without a doubt, the biggest recruiting miss in the Mark Stoops era. To at least get him back and have him for at least a year, it's it's enormous. It is, it's enormous, yeah. and we cannot – we can't exaggerate just the impact that he's going to make. Well, I mean, I'm 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 on record saying that this is the, the 2000 what 21 class or whatever that just signed is the best receiving or uh, best collection of pass catchers that Kentucky signed. So Wondell, yeah. here, here's what here's what you know. Wondell, we're talking about what does it mean for Wondell to return to Kentucky? Here's what it means: Wondell Robinson gives UK a bridge year, where. Leon Cohen can come in, show his system, show and, and prove to the uh, next year's recruits of what this system could look like. So Wandale provides a bridge year for Kentucky in recruiting, you know, because mm-hmm. some of these freshmen that, that we said, hey, these guys that we're going to have to play with Wandale, now you can develop them a little bit. Yeah, you know, you don't man, have you to don't rush them to the wolves. Right, right. So – uh, look at Alabama. Signed four out of the top nine receivers in the country this year. I mean, that that's, that thing ain't going away. No, no. Man, I, that's a great point, Freddie. I'm glad you brought that up because as excited as we were, like, and it is, it's true, it's the best receiver class Kentucky's ever had. 
still aren't plug and play guys. Like not all of them are going to be plug and play guys. They're guys right. who are going to be great two, three years down the road. This buys them time. And it also, yeah. It, like having experienced guys in the room with him and Josh Ali coming back that it just, it it's, we, we can't quantify that impact. We just can't. No, no, not at all. Uh, I do have one more question. Okay. Uh, it's about, I want to hear more about the Dingle brothers. Uh, we, we talked about uh, the defensive player. Uh, Justice. Justice Dingle. And, and, and his last weight listed is, what, 280? So 275, 280. At that weight, I mean, he's he's about the same exact size as as Josh Paschal. And, and and goodness knows that, that defensive line is a position group that you cannot have enough depth so if he stays at that weight and plays that same position, defensive end, hand in the dirt, defensive end position that Josh Pascal plays, I think that's a positive. If if he works to 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 drop some weight to where he was before and plays outside linebacker, I think that would be really good yeah, <laughs> because and, of the depth depth the depth issue that we talked about. And I think that that was the reason why he made the move because Georgia Tech when they switched regimes they went to a four three. And yeah, I, I think he's better suited to play on the edge. Um, yeah, I, I just think that suits his skill set a little better. And then Jordan, even though Kentucky, you've got Justin Rigg coming back, uh, Keaton Upshaw, you know, I think Cohen, he knows what he's got in that tight end room. And uh, we talked about it. Um, I, I talked about it with Luckett on 11 personnel. And if Dingle, his, his best bet for, Jordan Dingle, excuse me. His best bet for early playing time is is getting into that H back role. Yep. Um, that Brendan Bates, he he kind of started carving himself out a little niche uh, this year doing that. Upshaw is without a doubt the best passer. Uh, Rig is a great blocker in that true tight end kind of formation. Um, but I, he can find a way onto the field as a freshman playing in that H H back kind of role. Oh, he plays. In my opinion, he plays and plays the, the minute he gets on campus. And 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 in my opinion, I think that the best position group at Kentucky is tight ends. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin Rigg coming back is 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 big. It's 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 really good for Kentucky because I think I think Rigg and I think Vince feels that Rigg is is a future NFL tight end. Uh, Keaton Upshaw, I mean, his potential. He, well, he his production now. And potential are there for him to be a star in the Southeastern Conference. Brendan Bates played really well too. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. forget about him. Yeah, and I think you bring injury. in Jordan Dingle because Lee Cohen, if, if if he brings that same system, that McVay system that we see with the Rams and we see with the Bengals and, and other other uh, branches, you're going to see multiple tight ends. So you're going to need four mm-hmm. at least. You're going to need four, and four are going to play. And what I saw from from Jordan Dingle calling the state championship game, he's ready. Yeah. He's physically ready. Uh, I think he's emotionally ready. I think he's mature, really, really mature for his age. A, a, a bright, intelligent young man, and, and I think he's ready to play. And I think he'll play well. I mean, I, I'm I'm sky high on Jordan Dingle, uh, but yeah, uh, Justice. I mean, if he if he can drop some pounds and. And, and get his uh, uh, lateral movement and, and explosiveness back, you know, that, that's required from that jack linebacker position, that would be big because that would mm-hmm. free up J.J. Weaver and Jordan Wright to, to be your pass rushers and, 
and get creative with those two. And I think that's something that Brad White would do. And hey, whatever. <laughs> if Brad White's leading that defense next year, and I, I think he's I think he will, uh, then I'm totally confident Kentucky's a top five, top five, top four overall defense in the Southeastern Conference. And I think that's going to continue into 2021. Uh, but the numbers, the numbers could look a little different because as we, as we, as we've seen the SEC is evolving right in front of our eyes with, with these offenses. And, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be tough to hold teams to less than 400 yards per game, 400 yards used to be a wild number. Now that's moved to 500. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, having Dingle there at, at the Jack linebacker position will be a significant uh, addition for the Cats. Man, I'm excited, Freddie. But I'm, I'm really football I'm season excited. just ended, though. It's it's a bummer. I know. I, I'm too excited. Uh, you know, I have to admit, I was hoping the Rams would lose last week so Colin could hurry up and get on campus. <laughs> but I don't. I think I don't think you're going to worry about that this week. Uh, not having a healthy quarterback, which, by the way, we got to give him all of the credit in the world yeah. for having two injured quarterbacks and still beating the Seahawks. So, yeah. Um, but who, yeah, who they got the, Sunday? They got Green Bay. So, oh, they're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he'll be he'll, he'll be in Lexington <laughs> next week, which is good. Oh, uh, you know, to work with Bo Allen, and Joey Gatewood, which is another interesting uh, position battle that we'll talk about in length, I'm sure, in the upcoming months, but. Nick, thanks thanks for joining me. I, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody listening. You can uh, subscribe and download and listen to us pretty uh, almost on a weekly basis. It may slow down a little bit during the slow times, but you know we're not far away from yeah. a, the Feb, the February signing date. If if there's any signees to be had, uh, there could be some more transfers, both incoming and outgoing, and and then when a workout start as we get ready uh, to to, to to transition into spring football. And then from spring football, we go into uh, summer workouts. Summer workouts goes into media days, goes into, into season prep, and then here we go again. So uh, KSR is your, is your free spot for UK football, for college football, period. So we appreciate uh, you all joining us. And, and I also want to thank everyone uh, for the, uh, the heartfelt messages about my mother's passing. Uh, I, I read them all. I, I, I didn't have time, uh, obviously, to respond. Uh, but but I do really want to thank people for the nice notes, nice messages, and uh, and everything that folks have reached out to me. I do appreciate that. It was a tough time. But, uh, you know, it is it, it, something. Uh, it's the cycle of circle of life. And, and uh, you know, it is what it is. And, and we've got to move forward. And uh, but I wanted to, to personally thank those uh, that reached out to me. Well, we all appreciate all the work you do, and we all care for you. And it's it's uh, it's tragic, but um, we're we're here for you through through thick and thin, good good times and bad. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky wins and losses, and uh, things happening on and off the field. So uh, we've been praying for you, Freddie. Uh, it, it was a tough twenty twenty, but twenty twenty one, we're turning the new page. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and thank you again to everybody. And yeah, 2021, let, let, let's go. Uh, let's get it. And uh, I'm excited. And uh, again, I'm, I'm so appreciative of the KSR family. And uh, we want to bring you the best content possible. So thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.